Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Just the Good Stuff. This is your host, Rachel Mansfield, and I'm going to sound like a basic biddy over here, but guys, I can't believe it's December. It's already December. How did 2019 go by this quickly? I will never understand. This year was amazing. It was a blur. It was filled with so much joy, a lot of challenges, a lot of struggles, but there was so much growth and I, I'm a little shaky. I'm a little emotional right now. So bear with me because tomorrow is the anniversary of when I got fired from my job four years ago, December 3rd, probably around like 1.30, 2 PM. I cannot, I still remember. It was so distinct in my mind. And I'm sharing the story with you guys today. And not just am I on the episode that we're going to get to very shortly, but Jordan Carpenter, my husband, my partner in crime, my baby daddy, he's here and he is actually leading the interview. So I want everyone to give Jordan a round of applause. And I'm so proud of you, Jordan. I know this is totally going out of your comfort zone. For those of you who know Jordan personally, you know that he is like the kindest, most mild-mannered, sweetest human, but he does not like to do things like this, go on a podcast, talk a lot for a little over an hour. He Every time I try and record him on my Instagram stories, he gets a little embarrassed. He's like, no, no, I don't think what I said was right. And I'm like, dude, that's the point. You're supposed to just not think. You're supposed to just do it, be yourself. And he is such an amazing human. So I'm really, really excited for you guys to hear more from him. And now that he's kind of broken in to the podcast space a little bit more, I want him to come back on and we can do like a couple's Q&A type of thing because I have been receiving a lot of requests to bring both my mom and Jordan on the podcast. So if that is something that we are interested in, please let me know. I would love to schedule something like that soon. But I want to talk to you guys a little bit about this episode. Um, For those of you who don't know, I was fired from my job, which is what led me to pursue my blog and Instagram full-time. I never for in a million years thought that this is what I would be doing full-time. I was actually talking to a family friend that's known me for, my God, probably like 20, a little over 20 years now this past weekend. And he's like my parents' age. And he had said to me, you know, Rach, when you were growing up, did you ever think that this is what you would be doing for a living? Like, isn't this crazy? And I looked at him and I said, honestly, no, I still don't get it. I still really have a hard time comprehending that there are people out there that find what I say interesting or some would say inspiring and I will never understand that. But I think that for me personally, just putting myself out there and being myself and creating recipes and sharing aspects of our life is has been so amazing. And I'm grateful and thankful and full of all the emotions that it resonates with people. I still at times only think that like my mom, Jordan, my dad, or the one, my brother are watching my Instagram stories. I'm forever, forever thankful that you guys are there and you're listening and you are invested in this. I, I'm still overwhelmed with the podcast response thus far, and I don't want to get too mushy or emotional because I want to get into this interview, but Thank you. Truly, thank you. From the bottom of my heart, I would not be sitting at my desk in my bedroom recording on a microphone with like these big headphones on my ears if it wasn't for 
for you guys and your support and believing in me. And thank you. I, I, I truly mean it. And I hope I get to meet all of you next year during Just the Good Stuff's cookbook tour which is still available for pre-order coming out February 25th. I'm going to be announcing book tour uh, scoop soon. So please stay tuned for that. And I talk more about the book over on my blog and Instagram. So I'm going to cut this one a little bit short, my intro. I want to get into this episode. Let me know what you think. If you guys have any other questions about running a business and really what we dive into, please let me know. Um, we do a Q&A at the end that, well, not really at the end, it's more towards this, the middle of it. We do a Q&A that answers a lot of the questions that were submitted. So thank you guys so much. Happy December and we will talk soon. Hi everyone. Welcome back to Just the Good Stuff. As you can probably tell, this is not Rachel Mansfield. This is her husband, Jordan. Or how she likes to call Jord. Not to be confused with Jordan Mansfield, though. Going, <laughs> that is not my last name, but um, yeah. So we have a special guest on Rachel's podcast today, Rachel Mansfield. Welcome back. Thank you so much for having me, Jordan Carpenter. You didn't, you didn't say your last name. Oh, what sorry. if everyone's I'm, wondering? He just I'm, goes by Jord. Jordan. Yeah, Jord. I'm like, I'm like, you know, like Cher or one of these like Prince, like a one name. Yeah. One definitely. name wonder. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be sitting here in your kitchen. Yeah. I mean, you get a lot of questions your way, asking about your life, your story, how you got to where you are. So now you have this great medium now of podcasting to add to your of titles. Um, we figured this would be a good time coming up on your fired anniversary to kind of talk about how you got started. But before we do that, I have three icebreakers. To get us going. Okay. Hit me. Number one. M&M's or peanut butter M&M's? Peanut butter M&M's. McDonald's fries or Burger King fries? Burger King fries. I grew up in a Burger King household. I have no choice. Yeah, wrong answer. And then (laughs) uh, finally, pizza with goat cheese, arugula, and mushrooms? Or a (laughs) grass-fed, grass-finished burger over a bed of arugula with onions and avocado? Mm, the burger the burger the burger for sure people are probably wondering why you asked me that we always play that game so, when we're when we're walking on the sidewalk and i'll randomly just blurt out well uh red skittles or green skittles or whatever like pink starburst or yellow starburst and it's just a fun little uh inside jokey game but play it with your friends it's fun i promise yeah it's kind of like nostalgic bringing you back yeah. to your childhood i love it um, and then one other thing, I just wanted to congratulate you on another amazing year. You uh, not only became a mother this year, but your book came out or is going exactly. to come out. Yeah. You started a podcast. You deepened your relationship with a lot of great brands and always find new and exciting things to to share with everyone. So uh, congratulations on, a, on another successful year. Thank you. But isn't it? insanely wild that it's been four years like four years of doing this full time i mean honestly the time flies by but when you start looking back on the last four years yeah it's uh i know so many pinch me moments it's crazy crazy. it really is crazy it's super exciting and you're trailblazing your way through uh through this exciting career wow thank you that is a very that's a nice compliment (laughs) trailblazer (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Thank you. 
So, uh, you know, I think a lot of people, if they follow you over the years, probably know bits and pieces about your story, but figured, uh, figured it'd be good to kind of start from the beginning. Um, okay. My mom gave birth to me in, <laughs> just kidding. No, I mean, you know, starting your career and all of that, because, you know, you didn't start as a food blogger, a recipe developer. No. Um, so, you know, what did you study in college and kind of talk about graduating and then starting your career and then how you got to where you are today? Okay. Wow. We're going real deep, real Real far back in these yeah, roll, ancient, ancient decades. Oh my gosh. Well, I graduated college in 2012. Old. You're older than I am. <laughs> Jordan graduated in 2011. Uh, we actually both went to Muhlenberg College in Allentown, Pennsylvania, which if you Go live meals. in like California or like Arizona or Hawaii or somewhere, you definitely have not heard of Muhlenberg. Um, it's a small liberal arts college and I chose a liberal liberal arts school because I wanted to double major. And that was really the only school that I felt was like feasible to do so. I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life after college, just like most students at the time. I feel like especially nowadays you go to school and you major in something and sometimes it applies to what you end up doing and other times you do something totally different. So I did a double major of business administration with a concentration in marketing, as well as media and communications, which I feel like even thinking about it now, it's probably so different than what they're teaching in the media and communications class. That's been like just Facebook was around. Like there wasn't really social media at this time. So it was just so different. It's actually funny. Uh, Rachel and I sat next to this woman on a plane and she was telling us how she was a communications professor. And basically she retired a couple of years ago and she had to like bring in people to talk about different ways of communication because it was no longer like face-to-face communication. It yeah. Was like and she was in internet. her 60s. So she didn't really understand right. social so, media. Right. So she said she was doing a disadvantage if she was going to teach these yeah, students so and funny. she didn't have like a full appreciation for it. Um. So once I graduated school, I was very adamant. Oh, let me backtrack a little bit. I was very adamant on graduating with a job because I feel like this was like the end of the era when it was really hard to get a job when we were graduating. Like it was challenging, but it wasn't like the thick of it. Yeah. Um, and the two summers in college, I like my last two summers in college, I graduated. I mean, sorry, I interned at an advertising agency in Flatiron District. It was on like 22nd and 5th Avenue, the most really ideal location. location. Um, and I interned there. I was like as like an account, an account management account management for healthcare advertising. And I really liked it. I mean, I think my favorite part of what I was doing is really just the part of going to the city. I felt that it was like the most awesome experience being able to commute in. And I felt like such a grown up, like going on the bus every day, commuting from Staten Island nonetheless. And I ended up, get, they offered me a job there when I graduated. So I had that job, I think it was like beginning of spring semester, which was amazing. Yeah. So I had this like sense of security that I was graduating with a job. So first I worked there. And then after a few months in, I wanted to poke my eyeballs out because I was so bored and I was working on advertising for colonoscopies and ulcerative colitis. And while those are very, very important, and I'm sure when I'm like in my like forties or fifties, I'm going to have to like, you know, do colonoscopies and I'll know a little bit more about the prep work, but it wasn't thrilling me. I wasn't waking up in the morning and loving what I was doing. Do you think if you had like a different product that you were working on, you would have been more excited or wanted to stay in that career path? 
I, if it was something that was a product found in Whole Foods, if I was doing like the advertising for, so I wanted, this is one of my like real passion for food and like, should I say like organic food and focusing on wholesome ingredients. And I, I was binge drinking Diet Coke and Diet Mountain Dew and grape soda and like everything that was like so like filled with chemicals and so heavily processed, I was consuming on a daily basis and I didn't feel well at all. And so around this time is when I really started to pay attention to the foods that I was eating and kind of fueling my body with better ingredients. And that's when I was standing in the Whole Foods um, by where I grew up with my mom and dad one weekend when I was visiting them. So I lived in Staten Island with my grandparents slash Jordan's family to like save money during this time of when I was working at the ad agency in the city because I wanted to you know, save save our shekels for when we wanted to like have a home someday. And I was standing in Whole Foods with my dad and him and I have always been like a huge beverage uh, like duo. We like love drinks. Now it's kombucha that like I love so much. And he picked up a drink and we tried it. It was absolutely amazing. I loved it so much that I wrote a letter to the company saying how much I loved the product and how I thought it was such an innovative, innovative product. I thought it was disrupting the industry and it helped wean me off of soda. And long story short with that, two weeks later, I became the executive assistant to the CEO and founder of that company. It's a CPG brand. It's still around these days. Not going to disclose who it is. You'll soon learn why. And I, next thing I knew, I was moving back home with my parents, commuting to their office. And I loved it. It was like such a scrappy startup atmosphere. There was like two dozen people that worked at the company, like in the headquarters. I was able to get my hands and feet dirty in so many aspects of the business from finance to operations to marketing, sales. I remember pulling like all the whole food sales reports and Costco and oh, I remember you doing yeah, yeah, I loved it. Like you, you name you were thriving off of you that. name a city that like you live in, I guarantee you I can name be like, oh, there's a Costco like on this street. Like I just knew the, the the United States based off of like grocery stores. Um and from there, that was when Instagram really started. And I started the brand's Instagram account while I was still the assistant to the CEO and founder and just started having fun with it. And I started sending product to, I mean, I guess you could say bloggers, but people who like had Instagrams. And this is also when Instagram, which like I said, just starting out, like there were, it wasn't a saturated space with hundreds and hundreds of people to send product to. There was a few like niche people within different categories, but I saw that the industry was going to boom within Instagram and blogging. Was that brand paying bloggers at that point or was it just products? So they, we did, but it wasn't common to do so because I remember it to me in my head, it was like common sense. And what year was this again? 2014. Yeah. 2014. It was like common sense in my head that, or 2013, I'm sorry. I think I, yeah, it was exactly one year after college. I started working there. Um, 2013. It was common sense in my head that like, you, someone works so hard to like have an account or like take beautiful photos or do recipes, you pay them for their work. So we always paid everyone as long as they had, you know, solid engagement and a following. And it also, like I said, it, there weren't dozens and dozens of people to choose from at the time. So it was a lot easier to do so. Um, so I started doing that and it, I loved it. It was so much fun. I, saw, I kept saying that this industry is going to be huge someday. Like bloggers are going to be huge. Mind you, I really hate the term blogger. I just find it to be like such a loaded title. It's so awkward. 
but I knew that this was going to be something because when I would read blogs and follow people's Instagram accounts, I knew that I would trust with the product that they were recommending more so than a celebrity like endorsing a product. Like if Kim Kardashian was posting about my favorite granola, like I wouldn't believe her as much as I would if my favorite like food blog had had recommended it. So, and I also was still working so closely with the CEO and founder that he taught me like everything about running a business without even intentionally doing so just because I was following him. And I always had like flip-flops or sandals on even here like flap, 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 because I would just like run around the office all day chasing him. But I loved it. It was so much fun and it was such an awesome opportunity. But at the same time, I felt so undervalued and undercompensated for the work that I was doing. And it was very like decently long hours because he traveled a lot. There would be time changes. You know, he's in California, different, et cetera. Like it was just, it was a very demanding job. Like remember holidays, he would like call me and I'm like, why are you calling me? It's Thanksgiving. Like, bro, go eat some turkey. Now I see the way you are. You're always. I, <laughs> I'm like on Thanksgiving. Oh, I gotta get this yeah, done. This you're done. always working, so I know. So maybe maybe there's uh, some secret sauce in that. Yeah. And then, um, so were you posting anything on Instagram at this point when you were no. working there? Like, I mean, if you scroll all the way down, Cho Jordan, if you want to stalk me later on Instagram, like if someone scrolls all the way down to my account, it's I, I don't I'm, I don't think I've ever deleted the pictures. It's literally like us, like going out for dinner and like doing things. And when I was there, like I, w- I wasn't posting really anything food related at the time. Then how did you start like your Instagram? When did you start it? How did you kind of fall into that? You mean when did I start drizzling peanut butter on top of everything and, <laughs> and anything? Right. So exactly. um, fast forward about a year and change, Jordan and I moved into the city and when we started living there, I really recognized how how underpaid I was for the work that I was doing. I saw what competing brands were were paying. Got to pay rent. We had to pay rent. That was not cheap. We were living in Chelsea in this four hundred and fifty square foot apartment. It's not like we had the penthouse, but I was having a hard time, you know, making ends meet. And I looked at Jordan. We were sitting on the couch in our little little shoebox, which is like it's honestly it's smaller than Ezra's bedroom. Like that's how small our apartment was. And I said, I think I'm gonna start selling overnight oats in a jar and like walking them and delivering them to people in Manhattan to make extra money. This was like she wanted to do this at like six a.m. before before she like started her day yeah. job. And if anyone knows Rachel, she's not a six a.m. girl. I am now. Thank you, Ezra. <laughs> um. And so Jordan, the more like, you know, logical, one of the the logical like ying to my yang was like, why don't you just post overnight oat recipes or recipes in general on an Instagram or start a blog? And if people like them, we can definitely look into getting you a commercial kitchen. Meanwhile, I'm like, why the F do I need a commercial kitchen? Rachel just wanted to like jar them in our apartment and like run around on the subway (laughs) delivering them to people. So I started posting them on Instagram. I eventually like was started my own blog. Was it- yeah, it was all oat. Remember I made like oat muffins, baked oatmeal. Like I wanted to show the world how versatile oats were. So it started with just oats, which is so actually my Instagram name was oats for you for a while. Oh my God, I forgot about that. And it's still out there. It might still be out there. We should look later. Oats for you guys. Look it up. And eventually I evolved into some other uh, food groups and uh, different things. But the account just spiralized from there. It was crazy. It, it was also at a time though, when 
Instagram and the space in general of blogging was so different. It wasn't very saturated. So I didn't feel that there were any, I didn't feel that there was anyone creating recipes that were like speaking to me that were satisfying my cravings. It was very categorized. So there was purely gluten-free bloggers and then there were vegan bloggers and paleo and very like niche areas. And I've always just had the perspective. I just want to like eat food that tastes good and makes me feel good. Like we can eat gluten and dairy and whatever else. And I'm thankful for that, that we don't have any like adverse reactions to that, but there was never a need for me to like just eat a certain way. So I think that that really like lured readers in because they saw like a versatile amount of, of recipes and they started posting and I had so much fun. We, I remember on like weekends I would make things and yeah, we after work. Tiny little uh, windowsill that she would use. We had like a southern facing view. So the, the, my lighting, white photo the lighting board. was amazing. And she would literally just lighting. sit on that little still for like hours. And I'm like, Rach, that's probably cold now. Can I eat it? <laughs> I'm <laughs> which, like, I'll fight you is, for it. <laughs> which is still happening to this day. So. I know, I know. I'm a perfectionist in that in that sense. But I've come a long way. I'm definitely a lot quicker, quicker in my in my uh snapshots. Um So did you like buy a camera and all these props, or were you just kind of like very, very low key on, on what you're doing? I mean, most people don't know this about me. Obviously, like you do, my family does, but I'm relatively cheap when it comes to most things. I'm don't scrappy scrappy i know i i didn't i still don't use a camera i use my iphone i have the same marble slab from our registry that i registered for just so that way i could when we entertain i can make like cool i don't actually i don't even know why i registered for that i just was, I think you just like i loved marble and i've still use that so it's five years old because even though i've been doing this full-time for four years i started my blog like five years ago almost in february it'll be five years and i've been using the same they obviously have gotten new phones every couple of years to stay with the times a little bit, but I'm so low key in terms of like props and things that I use. And instead of investing in like equipment and a cabillion photo boards, I just invest in like the quality of the food that I post, I guess you could say. And I have like my mini bowls and my silverware, but I have two forks. I photograph like four bowls, two plates, pretty low key. Yeah. We can't really fit much more in our kitchen. So um, no, Ezra, um, Ezra's yeah. <laughs> takes up most of the kitchen. <laughs> there's, there's, a new, there's a new king in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, so then you were still working at your job. Mm-hmm. You were posting for fun. Yes. When did you start asking for money on Instagram? Pretty early on, like in my opinion. And how'd you even have the like. Audacity yeah, to ask someone for or, money. <laughs> or thought to like. Say, hey, sure, I'll work with you, but it's going to cost you X amount of dollars. dollars. Well, at this time, I was probably making around $50 a post here or there. I think my following was anywhere around like So your daily kombucha budget? Literally daily, like more like (laughs) weekly or bi-weekly. Yeah. And I, I always asked for money because even I knew that my account wasn't like large or like anything impressive. I would just... I knew that there was value to what I was doing. So whether that was like a brand taking the photos that I was creating using their products and like using them for their social media, or it was just paid exposure for my account, I definitely knew that like my work should have been compensated for, but that doesn't mean I was like, we just said rolling in the dough. I was making $50 a post here or there. Try it. Yeah. True side hustle. Exactly. So 
pretty early on, I definitely started charging. And the, honestly, the worst case scenario is that you ask for money and someone says no. And if it's something that you want to do anyways, just for free product, just do it. Like as long as you feel good about it, like there's no reason not to. Yeah. I mean, there's also so many brands out there that are trying to make a name for themselves. Yeah. But then they're like, weren't remember like the space was so different. It even was thinking different, about but it. there still were a lot. Right. And now you can get exposure so much easier, easier where, yeah. where previously, you know, these brands had to like really go store to store. But also brands at that time, most like didn't, it was like the similar situation to the CPG brand I was working in where they didn't have like a dedicated like social media and like, now, I hate the term influencer too, but quote, influencer marketing management department. It was so different. So, I mean, the space in that sense, which I'm sure we'll talk more about soon, like brand partnerships and sponsored things, but that's evolved so much. And were you as strict on who you worked with back then as you are today? Yeah, I've always been really strict. And I don't want to say strict, but I've You're always been strict, very like... I immediately look at you a label. You just take money for the sake of taking money. No, I've never. You want to believe in a product. If it's a product that I will, and again, like I think we'll talk about this like soon, but I, if it's a product that I'll like pick up at the grocery store and consume and like buy for our family or buy for friends, it's a product I'll work with. If I would never buy it, if I would never waste my money on it or eat it, most importantly, I, then I'm not going to to talk about it. And how many followers do you think you had at this point? During what point? When you're still working for the CPG brand. Well, I started the blog in February and I was fired from my job in December. So you almost so, had a full year of sort of doing a side hustle. Yeah. And I went from zero or like the 200 people that probably followed that were like our, my friends from college. Um, from around then to, I think it was like tw- between 12 to 15,000 by that December. So it grew extraordinarily fast and I never thought it would even grow. I just was posting again for fun and to hopefully like monetize somehow, but I never anticipated people actually caring what I was posting about. It was wild. Yeah. Instagram was so different back then. So different. It even looked different. Where you could just post something and Instagram would show it to everyone and there'd be no crazy algorithm to, to block your posts from other people. But that was 2014. And now how did you decide to go full-time on your Instagram? Well, I did not decide. Yeah. I <laughs> definitely did, did not. I was going to say, uh, were you there? December 3rd, 2015. So we got married September 4th, 2015. December 3rd, I sat in an all-day meeting. It was from the morning and then it got to be like 1.32-ish that it was over. And my boss at the time pulled me into like a conference room to discuss something which I, there was actually something like I thought we were discussing. So I wasn't deceived and all, and like we were at like an agency office. It was like a third party office. And also I was, I was sat down and I was fired and I was completely blindsided, had no anticipation of getting fired. I loved what I was doing. Cause again, like it really, you know, correlates very well to even what I'm doing today in a way. And I didn't anticipate getting fired. Um, they Steph, say why? They said that they felt my Instagram was going to be a conflict of interest. Um, they didn't see it as like a good opportunity for them. I guess they saw it as like a distraction in a way, which to me is like irrelevant because I was still doing my job. I like in, in a way that I thought was amazing. Like I felt oh, yeah. really good you, about what I was you, doing. You were actually very good at kind of keeping the two separate where you wouldn't 
you wouldn't be doing your Instagram on like working hours. You would be able to do one and then at night and on weekends, you know. Yeah, exactly. So I didn't anticipate that. So I stepped outside onto the sidewalk and immediately. What street? I was like 30 something in 7th Avenue and we lived on like 26th and, and 8th. So it was a very easy like way for me to get home. Um, I started walking home. I didn't call you because I was scared shitless to call you. Jordan is the most sensitive human in the entire Thank world. You. That I felt that if I told him, he would be more upset than I was. And I immediately had called my dad and my mom and told them. And they couldn't believe it. Everyone was shocked. Then they were like, you need to tell Jordan. Like, he, <laughs> you have to call him. Yeah. So I called you when you were at work and told you what had happened. And I was fired December 3rd, right before the holidays. Lost my job. I was 25, unemployed, trying to make a living, posting about oatmeal. I never thought that there was anything coming out of that. So no, I never, I never had the courage to leave my job. Do you think, though, in like, if you stayed for another year? Do you think you would have left? No, I don't think I ever had the confidence in myself. My mom has been saying since the beginning of this, like it was a, since the beginning of, of like, since when I got fired, this was a blessing in disguise. Like I didn't set out to do this to grow an account or have quote influence on people. I just right. wanted to create recipes that tasted good, that people enjoy, that made them feel good. And if I happened to make money along the way, I just thought that they would be like a like an extracurricular activity. Like people go to yoga after work. I would just make muffins after work. Like I didn't, there wasn't like a business plan. Yeah. (laughs) Like I am, I'm not really like at the time I wasn't working out. I wasn't doing anything. So I just, I loved making all these recipes. So I never, I never would have had like the balls to do it. I just, I wouldn't have, um, which is sad to think that, I didn't believe in myself at that time, but I know that I wouldn't have ever had the courage. Right. Also at that point, like Instagram was a wild, wild west. You didn't know you can actually make a career out of it. No. I, I remember comparing myself to others in the space and it was like these large food blogs that had been around for like since day one, like Skinny Taste and who had like has all of these best selling books and now it's insane to me that like Skinny Taste and I have the same cookbook author. And I remember giving that example to my publisher. mom, publisher. I'm sorry, cookbook editor. Yeah, well, it's it's a miracle I even wrote a book, to be honest with you. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. While pregnant, yeah. Um, I know, mom brain is real, you guys. Uh, it just, I remember saying, I don't not at that level. How will I ever make this, make this a job? Like, I'm fired. What the hell am I going to do? So... Now it's uh, middle of December, right before the holidays mm-hmm. and New Year's, probably the quietest time in all businesses. And the did most start, chaotic in the city. Did you start looking for a new job or kind of, you know, walk us through those couple of weeks? I did. I reached out to anyone and everyone that I knew. The answers were pretty consistent in that it's the end of the year. We don't know what we're doing yet for next year. Um I I tried. I tried to get a job. I also didn't get a severance package. So it's not like I had hold me over money. I immediately applied for unemployment, um, which I did receive, which was great because I then found out that my unemployment, it was pennies nonetheless. So I had that to hold me over, which I think I, I definitely received this question a lot in that did you have a savings to hold you over? Like, cause most people like they need to live paycheck to paycheck. And that's where I was so grateful that we were, we lived with our parents. Like we were fortunate enough to do so 
that we saved money until living in the city. And then I also, you know, we were married. So you had to um, <laughs> help me when I need. And I also like know that my parents, like if the time came, like I could like take a loan from them. Like it's, I'm very thankful in that situation that I wasn't in a bad situation financially. I was able to kind of like hold myself over. So you didn't take any of those jobs? That or, I wasn't offered? Sure. You can phrase it like I'm, that. <laughs> you want to say it that way? <laughs> how did you just, I wasn't offered one job. <laughs> how, how did you decide to rip the cord and go full time? So I did again and and, uh, Instagram. I didn't. I had no confidence in myself. I was feel. I was the bot. I felt like the dog poop on the sidewalk. I was not feeling myself. We were sitting at a pizza place. Me, you, my mom, and my dad. And oh, what's it called? Tapo. 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 Oh, so good. It's like in Flatiron. It's like the crispiest, thinnest crust pizza, and they let you build your own, which is amazing because. Your girl is particular about the pizza toppings. So you like goat cheese on your pizza? It's, yeah, because most people like should like goat cheese on their pizza. Um, so we were sitting there and George, my mom and my dad basically motivated me and believed in me to do so. They said, give yourself six months. I so vividly remember this. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Yeah. Give yourself six months. See if you can grow a profitable, bus- profitable business. If you can't, you can go back to corporate America. It's not going anywhere. You can find another job. So that America is, is still there waiting for you. Okay. Maybe one day. <laughs> um, and I gave myself that time. And by four months in to 2016, I had already made more money than my salary of at my job, at my last job. It was, I could like cry thinking about it. I remember just being like, dad, I did it. Like I knew I was undercompensated. I did yeah. it. And it was so cool to be able to like be so in such a bad place in such a like dark tunnel where you, I was just beating myself up. Like, how am I 25? How am I fired? Like, how does this happen? And then to be able to like come out at the end of that, it was, it was so nice. Yeah, it was, uh, it was very impressive, but you are a person who basically does not sleep until something's done. So once you kind of got, the motivation from me and your parents to kind of do it on your own. Like you just took off from there and you wouldn't stop until, until you were successful. No, I still haven't stopped. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. I know it's, it's almost like a bat, but that's how I was. That's how I've been it's with a blessing and a curse. Yeah. But, but that's how I've been with everything I've ever done. I mean, this is like on a different level, but I've always been like a full throttle. If I'm, let me rephrase that. If I'm excited about something and like feel that it's going to do something or move the needle, like I'll try. I, when I, you know, got cut on the field hockey team in high school, cause I sucked. I didn't really care. I didn't keep going. I quit but and moved on with my life. You love sports and running. Yeah. Oh yeah. So much. So like my little chicken legs, they're really good at running. <laughs> Jordan ran nine and a half, 10 miles this morning. And I just, you know, took Ezra for a nice leisurely stroll. I'm not the most athletic. Yeah, her her leisure strolls are still like five or six miles. So. I walked four miles today. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's, Thank you. I know. That's nothing to be it's ashamed my workout. of. my workout. So you're going off on this business. Did you like write a business plan, hire an accountant and a legal team? Or, you know, like most people when they start a business kind of have like... A crew? Yeah. A strategy, a plan? Nope. I had less than nothing. I had no business plan. My mind has always been a really scary place. Um, I very, I'm very fortunate that I had you who 
like for those of you who don't know, Jordan has a CPA, so he doesn't work in accounting anymore, but he definitely knows a lot more of like the logistical, like, and like legal aspects to this. So he said, you know, Rachel, like you're making money, you need to start an LLC. And me, I'm like, what's an LLC? So I started off as an LLC and we're not going to go into like full legal stuff here because neither of us are lawyers and know what the heck we're talking about. But I started as an LLC and I established myself as a business. And then now I'm an Inc. So I'm an S Corp, S Corp. So it's Rachel Mansfield Inc. Um, and everything is like separate. So like personal and, and business are like two totally separate things. I have like a business credit card, a business bank account, like everything is under like a yeah, separate entity. Totally have a separate separate your business from personal. Yeah. Which and is so important for anyone out there who like is starting a business or starting a blog and you're making money. It is so important to differentiate your personal life and your business life as best as best as you can because God forbid you get sued. You don't want to get sued. You'd rather your business get sued. Right. And so just quickly, if you're an LLC or an S Corp and someone sues you, they're suing the business and not yourself, so they can't attack your personal assets. Anyway. You can find other podcasts for that stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, that's not from you and I. Yeah, so Rachel and I kind of did that whole setup of the business. Uh, and it wasn't hard. It was so easy. You just Google yeah, it. We, we use like LegalZoom or stuff on Google to kind of figure out like how to actually set up the documents and all this stuff. Um, you open a bank account at any bank. And then um, we now you do have an, a, an actual accountant who does your stuff because it's gotten too complex. Yeah. So I have an accountant that helps me with taxes, obviously, and they help me with like payroll. So paying me from my business account to my personal account. But when it comes to invoicing brands and all that not so fun stuff, I still like handle that all in house. Um, that's not something I, I do. I, uh, have someone else doing for me. So now I want to transition to some of the questions that you got when you pulled your, uh, your readers. Okay. Um, and honestly, when we were going through them, there are a lot of good questions. There were so many questions. I was so overwhelmed reading them. Yeah. So we either kind of like found the best ones or ones that were duplicated so many times that obviously there was a, a need for these to be answered. For sure. So one of the biggest ones is about how you work with brands and establishing brand partnerships. So you want to walk everyone through that process and and one, like, the heck is a brand partner? Sure. Um, so I make, and I'm I, one of the also like the one of the most popular questions that I received was how I make money doing this. And I make money in a few different ways, I guess you could say. But the income main streams. a few different income streams, I guess you work in finance or finance or finance or whatever <laughs> you jackasses call it. Um, I make money off of brands that I work with, affiliate marketing, and then ad revenue. And I think those are like my, right? I'm not missing one. My three main um, revenue, income, streams, whatever. And brand partners are definitely the largest way that I make money. Like that's definitely where my most of my income comes from. Um, but that didn't always, that wasn't always the case. Like I never had, I didn't always, I didn't start off having brand partnerships. So when I first started working with brands and collaborating, it was a lot of one-off posts. You know, they would contact me for one Instagram post. Instagram stories didn't exist then either. One Instagram post or one recipe. And, you know, maybe in a couple months they'd come back and they'd want another one. And maybe they wouldn't. It just kind of varied. But 
I realized that there was a lot of brands I was working with that I really like, I, I love them. Like I wanted, why should we wait to keep working together? We might as well, you know, just make this a committed relationship. Let's take it to the next level. So side note, Rachel is like best friends with like so many people at these brands. Now I am, but not at the time. So I would, like, I remember reaching out to the ones that I really, really had enjoyed working with and asking if they would want to have a brand partnership. And a lot of them didn't know what that meant, which I they obviously didn't make up the word brand or phrase brand partnership, but it wasn't something that was thrown around very in like, it wasn't very common for people to, to ask for that. So I basically would position it as in, you know, let's work together on a six to 12 month basis. And what we can do varies based off of, you know, your goals and objectives, your budget, and I'll customize something to work for your brand. And I've been doing that for literally like four years now. I just, there's been brands that I've been working with so consistently for the last few years and it's amazing. And now I like, it's great for both the brand and, and like the quote talent, because that's like what you're called in a contract. I don't know what else to like call it. <laughs> um, because the brand knows they're getting work and like they know what they're getting from you. And then from my perspective, I'm secured for, you know, to know how much money I'll be making to give me that set. Like, yes, I can do this for the next, I can create recipes next year because I'm actually going to be making a living off of it. It's like, it gives you a sense of security. Um, And it also just, it ties you together, like molds you with the brand that you're collaborating with, which is so important to me is to establish these relationships with them and friendships and allow them to really blossom, which they have because I've been working with a lot of the same brands now for years. And majority of them, actually, I've been purchasing before I even started working with them or partnering with them. So it's like a freaking dream to be doing that. Um, So I mean, yeah, that's like my main way of my main way of making uh, money. So how would you say you find most of the brands? Do you find them or do they, or do you, or do they find I reached out to majority of the brands that I partner with, like in the beginning, um, I would go into Whole Foods and stand there in the grocery store in the aisles and just get lost and just find products. I remember going in there taking pictures of so many products. Ooh, I can reach out to them. I'll reach out to them. I'll reach out to them of ones that I loved. And like, and if it's ones that I, I had never had before, I'd purchase them, eat them and see if I like them and, you know, see what happens next and maybe call them for a second date. And <laughs> so like speed dating. Yeah, exactly. So, but now, now it's a little bit different. Um, I definitely don't do as much reach. Like I don't reach out to as many brands as I used to, but at first I did like most of the outreach and some brands definitely reached out too, but I did a lot of the the legwork for that. Let's take a little break from today's episode, which I hope you guys are enjoying learning a bit more about how I started my brand and my blog and really the journey to getting here. And I want to tell you about today's sponsor. It is no coincidence that Garden of Life is sponsoring today's episode when it came time to figuring out, as you'll see and hear throughout all these episodes, I want the sponsors to really A, make sense for the episode and B, continue to be you know, brands that I love and believe in and use on on a daily or very reoccurring basis. And similar to my blog and Instagram and Garden of Life, you guys, is one of them. You know, at this point, they are so special to me. They are not just a brand that I partner with. They really are my family. I am so close with them as a brand. They're actually sponsoring my entire book tour, which we were going to be announcing soon. But 
There is so much to Garden of Life that I love sharing with you guys, but today we are going to be talking more about their My Kind Organics Vitamin line. Now, when I was pregnant with Ezra and even before I was pregnant, I was taking their once daily prenatals, but they don't just have prenatals. They also have multivitamins for men and women, but the prenatal is still something I take each and every day. All of their vitamins are USDA organic, non-GMO project verified. They are made with nothing but real whole foods, organic fruits, vegetables, herbs, no BS. They are the real deal when it comes to vitamins and supplements. And I truly just trust the products that they create anytime they make something and then they tell me that it's like launching. I'm like, great sold, done. And I just trust that what they're giving us is the best of the best. They're also certified vegan and gluten-free. They're multivitamins. They also offer these insane gummy vitamins. And when I say insane, I mean insanely addicting. I love them so much. And so does my mom to the point where I actually, when she tells me she's out of vitamins so that she needs to get more, I won't send her gummies because she eats them can't like candy. It's like she's bringing them to the movie theater and like popping them in her mouth, like watching a TV show. There, but they're also vegan. They're made from fruits and vegetables, no added sugars. I love the elderberry ones, which I know technically aren't the multivitamins, but guys, the elderberry ones and the turmeric ones, which are a different line, their herbals line, absolutely insane. And I hope you guys get to try some of their vitamins soon. I link to all of my favorite Garden of Life, their vitamin supplements powder, flax seeds, coconut oil, everything over on my Amazon page, which I'll link to here, but it's also on my blog. And there are a handful of recipes on my blog that use many of their products. I also use their chia seeds and flax seeds for Ezra and all of their products for pretty much everyone in my family. Oh, and did I mention their probiotics? Yeah. They have CBD, probiotics, protein powder. I can just keep naming everything and soon we can talk more about their baby supplements and Lyme because I am super excited about them launching that. They're on in Whole Foods now, but they're launching on Amazon very soon. So stay tuned for that, friends. All right, now back to the episode. Who have been some of the brand partners you've been working with the longest? The longest? Um, Simple Mills has been one of my, they were one of my first brands that ever. Um, you should break out some of the crackers. The cheddar ones, yeah, those are my cheddar. favorite. Um, Simple Mills was one of the first brands. Actually, I've been working with them since the only product that they like had were baking mixes. It was like the vanilla one. Remember when oh, I made the I cupcakes with oh, the sprinkles yeah. all over the marble? I probably still have that picture somewhere. That was one of the first brands I ever worked with. Um, and I still collaborate with till this day. I am obsessed with them. I love Caitlin, the the founder. I think she's so inspiring and such an amazing human. Garden of Life, I've been working with for three years now, which is wild. The uh, Hi, Lisa, um, <laughs> who works there, has truly become like a sister to me. I love her so much. I talk to her every single day. But that's been amazing because it's I've been using their products since before starting this, like all of their vitamins and supplements and probiotics. Jordan and I, well, Jordan's mom really taught us what probiotics are. And Oh, yes. Hi, Alyssa. And to be able to work with Garden of Life is just a dream. And they're actually going to be a huge part of my cookbook tour next year. So to be able to now travel with them to different cities to meet meet you guys is surreal. Um, and it's also, I watched them grow along with all these brands really over the last few years, which is just beautiful, um, to see brands in the space that are creating these amazing products and 
watching them take off is just, it makes, I'm like so proud. I'm like a proud mom. Um, perfect bar. I've been eating perfect bar since I was even working at the CPG brand. Remember that was when yeah, it was just peanut was, butter. I remember. Yeah. You were, you were going to that gym near your office. Yeah. And the trainer one, told one me the trainers there told you about this bar. Yeah. And then we had to like search for it. And, and we didn't know that a bar could be in the refrigerator. Yeah. I was like <laughs> mind blown. I was like, why would things need to be in the refrigerator? They can't be on the shelf. <laughs> and then I remember eating one and being like, holy shit. I'm as a peanut butter addict. This is exactly what I need. So perfect bar been partnering with for a long time now. Um, Hugh Kitchen, I've been consuming for forever. Jordan used to go down uh, there yeah. and get me all of the treats like around like my birthday or any occasion. We would just like, I remember sitting in the bathtub and just like eating all of the treats one day for my birthday. And it was like the crack bar, the brownie, the cookies, Rachel, absolutely everything. Rachel would always know when I was going there because it was like a couple uh, subway stops away from where we live. Two extra ones. So I was like, always like an extra 20 minutes. And she was like, you went to your kitchen, didn't you? I know. I would know if you were like a little delayed. Yeah. So what kind of advice would you give someone who wanted to start like a blog or Instagram today? Today. Today. The end of 2019. I know. It's so, the space now is just so different than where it was like five years ago. I think it's almost to, it, it gives those that are trying to enter the space like a disadvantage in a way. And I don't mean that in a negative way whatsoever. I, I think it's a lot harder now to start an uh, Instagram or a blog. I believe that if you want to do something, you can do it and you're, everyone is capable of pursuing their dreams. But I would be lying if I said that it would be the same way it was a few years ago. And that's for a couple of reasons. So first of all, Instagram's different than it was. Like the algorithm's different. Now we can't see likes. You, you Nothing's in chronological order. Like I pick up my newsfeed and I see posts from three days ago. When we were, when I was first starting this, it was literally in chronological order, which was to your advantage because people would always see your posts. Um, yeah. And they weren't blocking people from seeing other people's accounts. Exactly. Not blocking, but, you know, kind of keeping, keeping it uh, to a smaller population of your followers. Yeah. Like there's people I follow and I literally just don't see their posts unless I go to their profile and like catch up with them in a way, which sounds weird, but it's true. Um, and then also, and if like, if I was a new brand, like a product starting, that's like really tough because it's hard to start a brand page. It really is hard. I give brands so much credit because, you know, they want to put a product out there and I know that wasn't part of the question, but I do really like sympathize and I like, I would be struggling to have to start an Instagram nowadays, to be honest. Um, but I think that if you want to start one, absolutely do it because it's you know the same thing that I kind of said from the beginning put yourself out there if you fail who gives a shit you move on to the next thing you know there's no harm in trying anything in this space um but I do believe that you should make sure that what you're putting out there is going to you know have a you'll differentiate yourself amongst a, a space that is saturated um I think that's you know my that's my biggest piece of advice. Just be yourself and be unique and try and stand out and provide the universe or whoever's out there like with something that they don't see every single day. With that, how, how do you always find a new way to like differentiate 
or how are you always thinking of your new ideas to put out there? Because you like put out high quality content like week in, week in. No, I definitely do not. I mean, I used to crank out so much more content. I remember in 2018, I made three between that was book uh, recipe, that was pre Ezra. Pre Ezra. <laughs> but I between book recipes and blog recipes it was 398 recipes. Oh yeah, I remember when that's you so that. much food. That is so much food. And so I, many brain cells. Yeah, I don't have that kind of like stamina anymore. Like I do two <laughs> recipes in a week. I'm like, yeah, I did it. Um, it's so different. And I think now I focus on producing quality over quantity. I think at first I was so caught up in producing enough content. And now it's right. more like what is actually going to resonate with my readers. And I've learned that there are some food, amazingly talented food bloggers that will create these like very unique and intricate recipes, like, like seasoned non-bread. We like ate non-bread before. So I'm like thinking about seasoned non-bread with like chickpea spice spread and roasted eggplant parm or you know what I mean? My readers don't, that doesn't resonate. Like Wait, a chickpea non I don't know. I do, you know what I mean? I tried to like blend something that like. <laughs> Whose blog is that? <laughs> bad example of the food, but you know what I mean? It's like. Like if I posted lavender spiced cookies, like that wouldn't, no one would be interested in those for me or like, like people want the basics. That's that's off brand. Exactly. And I, I'm trying to keep things as simple as possible. I mean, that's a huge part of my cookbook is like comfort foods made healthy. There's like healthy pop tarts, like healthier tater tots, you know what I mean? Like like, um, Cheez-Its. There's so many, like I would rather create content that I know people are going to actually consume like that homemade mac and cheese is one of my most viewed recipes now and that's just like not the most innovative idea that's just a comfort food made healthy I was trying to get a bite of that but I'm pretty sure Ezra Ezra ate the entire thing I know he like literally devoured it you'll have to make it again when he's not looking it's so easy but then also at the same time they may be like why was I making craft macaroni and cheese, the SpongeBob SquarePants ones, nonetheless, because that was the best way that the cheese would get into like all the circles of the macaroni. Wow, you're really going, you're really, <laughs> you're really going deep. Way back when, but so what about like if someone has an Instagram and mm-hmm. they want to start working with brands? What is like some advice you have for like how to approach the subject? Go with your gut always. And just because like one brand tells you or may, may say like we, you know, we're not able to pay you or like your reach isn't high enough or your engagement isn't high enough. Like don't let that discourage you. Um, really, you know, make sure that what you're offering brands is different than what other people might be offering. So again, at that point of differentiation, like make sure that you're not just asking for the same thing that dozens and dozens of other people are asking for. I think that's so important. Um, and, you know, form relationships with people. This is a business based off of relationships. It's not, yeah, this is business and it's transactional in many ways, but none of the brands that I work with are very like, but it, but it's not like buttoned up in corporate. Like I literally write in all lowercase letters half the time and like happy faces. Like it's not, I'm not the most professional. <laughs> yeah. We've, one time Rachel and I had like a business call uh, <laughs> with um, with like a financial advisor yeah. and like everyone's like really serious, like on the phone calls in finance. And then Rachel is like talking about like pumping her boobs oh and like cursing. Everyone and, like, on the call was she, like so constipated. <laughs> that's 
it's just it's different worlds and it's just it's just funny how your personality comes out well anytime i talk to someone that's like in banking or like when i call them and and they're like what are you doing i was like well i just made this like delicious thing like da, 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 and then this happened and they're like wow that sounds great <laughs> i just i life is too short to just be so like buttoned up and like like serious like i just i don't know i feel like if everyone just like lightened up and like loosened up a little bit the world would just be a better place wow really deep i know that should be like a bumper put sticker. that on a bumper sticker <laughs> put that on the back of our volvo maybe, maybe you should get some t-shirts thank you maybe i will have there ever been any like days where you just like don't want to post or you're just so burnt out where you're just like why why am i doing this day in day out it's like you're showing your life you're showing our life like yeah and there's a sometimes that's not easy. It's not easy, but I still am just so fascinated and perplexed and confused and day and days on why the beep people find what we're sharing interesting. Like why why? I just don't I don't get it. And it's You're a cool mom. I'm not a cool mom. And that's the thing. It's I I've never been tired of of posting until I would say Ezra came when when he was born four weeks early and I like wasn't we were prepared in the sense where we had you know like the the nursery his room was like all set the day of that my water broke um, until him until his arrival I had never felt the need not to post but now that like especially on weekends like on Saturdays I never post on Instagram because I want I know we miss you out to there. give oh yeah okay I want to miss I mean I want to give Ezra my undivided attention so I think the times that I'm not posting or I don't have that urge to share anything it's for a reason it's not just because I don't want to it's because I want to focus on my son and and our family and that's been like really hard to try and juggle everything um but with, I, with juggling all that, do you like have like a schedule or like how do you stay regimented in your business? Because you are working from home so and your hard. office is your house and your son lives here and he's here all the time. It's a, how are you able to like kind of segregate those and, and be uh, successful at all of them? You know, it's a it's a blessing and a curse in the sense where if I worked in an office and commuted every day and was still trying to like breastfeed. So it was like pumping all day. That would be really, really challenging, really challenging. You mean listening and, to this? Oh, I mean, I already had to listen to that all day. Um, I hear it in my but, dreams. Yeah. Yeah. You and me both. I hear my nightmares, but <laughs> I know that if I was in the office, I would probably accomplish a lot more because it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind where I wouldn't sure. be hearing him crying or I wouldn't like, I wouldn't have to know when he's napping. I wouldn't have to help make his lunch. And I, I'm home and I wouldn't have it any other way because I'm spoiled in that sense where I get to see him at my own leisure there. It's not like I'm going and reporting to somebody like I don't have a boss. So if I want to sit down and eat lunch with him around one o'clock, like I do many days, like I can do that, which is amazing. And that's not something I ever take for granted. I'm in a very, very fortunate position as a mom, as a new mom that I can nurse him on demand. I've literally, I think I've left him for like two daytime feedings before. Like he, I really don't leave him during the day. I'm home, but at the same time, that's in hip, like that's gotten in the way of me having meetings in the city and like going to different events and, and doing things because I am still nursing him. So I think that's where it gets like a little hard for me at times. And 
I want to like meet a friend for lunch or like go and do something. And it's like, no, then I'm going to have to be like sprinting back on the path. And yeah, some people would probably just say to me, well, just pump and sure. But then I have to pack a cooler. I have to like pack my pumping bra and the pump's not exactly light. It's just, it's a whole process. So it is a whole process. It is. Get out the door. Exactly. I mean, you saw last night, it's like 10 o'clock PM late night for us. We went from like wine club and my parents <laughs> to my brother's 26th birthday party. And I'm sitting in the parking lot, like going from place to place, pumping my boobs. And it's, I had a pack like the pump. It's just, it's a pain in the tush. But how are you going to be able to break out those dance moves at the bar if you didn't have those boobies pumped? Oh my gosh, stop. <laughs> my, don't say boobies on my podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're all well, guesses is yours for the day. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, you're you're the you're the guest. Yeah, it's definitely it has it has its challenges, but again, I guess to your point, I don't I would be lying if I said that I was in a really good rhythm because I'm in a solid like it's I'm staying alive, but at the same time it's not easy to like di- like really separate church and state. Like when you call me during the day and you're like, "How's Ezra?" And I'm finally not thinking about him because if it's not the time that like I'm nursing him, I don't care. Like as long as he's breathing and he, and he's happy, like that's all I care about. Um, and like as long as his nanny has everything under control, like that that's fine with me. But I think that once I'm done nursing him and it's not as, you know, frequent and I'm going to have more, I'm going to try and be a lot more regimented and scheduled and recipe days. So like say I'm in the kitchen then two days a week and then I can go work from like a coffee shop or like my parents live close and they're never home. So I can go work from their apartment and they have common spaces. You know, there's ways that I can make things work. Um, but right now I'm just trying to just trying to stay alive. And you have a lot of projects juggling at all times. Do you have any employees or anyone who helps you out part time? <laughs> are you are you looking for a job? <laughs> are you inquiring? Where do I send her? <laughs> You don't need a resume. It's fine. Um, I don't. Ezra has has a nanny, which is my way of investing in in an employee. I mean, granted, she doesn't like work for my business, but instead of investing in an assistant or someone to work with me, I would rather put those dollars towards care for for our child because he's the first and foremost, like he's the most important thing of my life. Um, so I invested in one on one help. For him, and so he has, you know, I mean, one-on-one attention, which is amazing. And I love our nanny so much. If she left us, I would die, and that's dramatic, but I would because it's hard that I do work from home, and I give I give her a lot of credit because it can't be easy that I'm here all day with them, and I'm definitely very good at not getting involved in what they're doing. I don't care. Like she can take him to like like Kansas as long as they're back for five thirty, like. And he's safe and he's happy. And I think that's been important, but that's my only employee. I do, I don't have an intern. I, I wash my dishes. I manage all my collaborations. Like you'll help me with emails from time to time, but I do everything. And that's because I'm a control freak and I could <laughs> hire more people, but I'm afraid to, I'm afraid to let people into my business. I've worked so hard to build this to where it is today. And I, I can't imagine not being involved. And when people ask me, you know, can't you have someone help you post or help you reply to emails more or like help with anything? Like, sure. But I would never let someone on my Instagram account. I don't trust other people besides like you responding to emails from time to time. I don't have that faith in someone, which is almost kind of like scary, but I love doing everything. And I thrive off of the business part of what I do. I can't imagine letting that go. But at the same time, 
I'm finally starting to invest in ways of getting help. For example, I hired an SEO wizard, I call him, who's helping me with a lot of things. SEO. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, what's it stand for? Oh, sorry. I was like, that was okay. Search engine optimization. So really how to get my, if you Google banana bread, how to really work hard to get to get my blog post, my recipes, like at the top of that. And I've been doing that myself for a few years and I'm by no means good at it whatsoever. So it was time to get a professional and I'm redoing my blog, like the design right now. So I hired a team for that. So I'm outsourcing when needed, but I don't have an, I don't have an employee. Just myself. You, yourself and I. (laughs) Me, myself and I. And I know you'll obviously, I have an Instagram husband. Have you met him? His name's Jordan. He takes a lot of my pictures. Takes decent pictures. My mom and my dad help me take pictures. Um, I try, like I, again, like I'll ask for help and as it's funny because the only time I ever ask for help really though is either to have someone take a picture for me like of me or of me and or Ezra and I or I ask for help when it comes to Ezra like if his nanny can't come one day like I call someone else to help or if she has to leave early or etc like that's the only help I really ask for is for him do you ever see in the future getting employees or you just want to be a, a one woman money making machine it depends what did you just call me <laughs> money making oh machine God, you're wild you're out of control. I, I don't know if I'll get an employee. I really don't. I'm grateful that people ask if I'm hiring. It's, I don't want to sound like not a nice person, but when people DM me and ask me if I'm hiring, I'm like, if you think you're going to slide into anybody's DM and get a job, that's like perplexing to me. So, it, you know, I just, that makes me scared to even hire someone. Doesn't hurt to ask. I know, but like at least DM me and ask me for like my email of where to send a but see where you, you want to send your resume. So like where to send the resume and cover letter. And it's just, I don't, I don't know. It depends if my business continues to grow, I might need somebody, but right now I'm very happy by myself. I think unless someone proved to me otherwise that I could do better with them rather just do it. So you've been pretty successful over the last four years. Thank you. Has there ever been a part or time when you were scared to fail or are you scared to fail? I, uh, I'm definitely, yes, afraid of failure. I am afraid of failure. Is I've always been you? afraid of failure. What drives me is providing for our future as a family. I'm, I'm just so driven by making sure I'm bringing home enough, enough for us. And that's You're definitely bringing home enough. But I don't just mean monetarily. I mean, with like what we need as a family, like love, a shelter, like the, the food, good food. <laughs> things we don't take for granted. I just, I want like experiences for us. Like I want to bring home as much as I can for our family. And I'm afraid that sometimes I am failing at what I'm doing because especially when I'm sacrificing time with Ezra to work and when I'm like with Ezra, I'm sacrificing. It's just, that's hard. And I feel like I'm always failing at one when I'm not, when I'm with Ezra, I feel like I'm failing at work. And when I'm with work, I feel like I'm failing with Ezra. So that's really challenging. But at the end of the day, I want to try and get better. I, I need to try and get better. And I will get better at not being so afraid of failing because what's the worst that's going to happen? So I shit the bed and I, I find a new job. I, I, you know, my job is, is as being Ezra's mother. That's the most important job in the world. So if it's anything, job. as long as he's happy Hard and content, one, a good one. <laughs> he's, a, he's a tough cookie. 
as long as he's happy and content, I'm not failing, in my opinion. And it's different. It's a different perspective now than I had a year ago. I was going to say that if we asked you that a year ago, your answer probably would have been been a lot different. Yeah, but I'm definitely driven by the by having my own business and, and providing for us. When uh, when people ask me what you do, it's always like you know I tell them recipe developer, food blogger, Instagrammer, cookbook Nagging author. Wife podcast host and then like I'm running out of breath and they're like oh wow that sounds so awesome yeah like what's the favorite part of what you do my community like engaging with people it sounds so like cheesy and like weird but my favorite part is truly just connecting with people and like what this little app on my phone that we download has been able to to who they've been able to connect me with. And that really comes from both. I mean, and I mean, connecting with readers and my community. I don't call anyone followers because I think that's the most condescending term in the entire world. Like you'll never hear me say, well, my followers love this. Cause I just, if someone called me a follower, I just feel like that's so, it's just not, it's not a nice, like cozy loving word, but that's besides the point. I love being able to connect with, with those that I've met on Instagram and that, you know, they, they make the recipes that I'm creating and they send me sweet emails and messages. And when we shared like our infertility struggles, being able to connect with other families that were going through that was beautiful. And being able to share anything and just connecting when I have events and getting to meet people and it's so fun. And then at the same time, I get, I, well, so many of my good friends now I met on this app and that are doing similar jobs to me and, and they get it. And it's hard because not everybody understands what it's like to be putting your whole life out there. And like, it's, it's challenging. So it's nice to have created a space and a little, like, you know, a group of people that I trust to be able to talk to about this. And they live all over the country. And that's awesome because I grew up in New Jersey. I live in New Jersey. I've traveled a lot, but it's nice to have friends that live in California and Georgia and Florida. And it's, it's, it's awesome. I love that. I love what this my job has, who my job has introduced me to. There's so many amazing people out there I never would have met if I, if I didn't start posting about flipping overnight oats. It's crazy. Yeah. It is very cool to see how many people, you know, Yeah, based off of an app. Exactly. It's all, I don't know. That's just like so mind boggling to me. I love it. So what's your least favorite part then? My least favorite part of what I do, um, the uncertainty, like not knowing what the future holds. You know, when you work at a corporate job, you have a better idea on what your career path looks like. You know, you know, you're in this role and then you go to the, then you might go to this role. Then you might get promoted. You might get a bonus. You might not, you might get a raise. Like, I don't know how much money I'm going to make next year. I don't know if I'm going to be in business in two years. I don't know if I'm going to be in business in six months. You know, I just don't know. And I'll never know. And I don't know where the industry is going. I don't know what's going to happen. And that uncertainty like definitely keeps me up at night a little bit. It's, it's hard to not know that, but I have to remember that I've come this far and just trust the process and what's meant to be like, will will work out. Yeah. It's kind of interesting because, you know, I work at a hedge fund and people think that that's like so amazing and, but it is amazing. And you make, probably a crazy amount of money, but that's not always the case. And like, that's not our case in our relationship. Like you have been the person who makes more money the last couple of years. 
and it's just like a true testament to like your hard work and dedication and that he's even that you don't like that you don't know what the future is i think this will like drive you it does i mean being like i i always knew that i wanted to have a career of my own and somehow juggle being a mom at the same time and i mean right now yeah i'm able to bring in more money for our family but I know that that's not going to be for forever. And I've been saying that to you now for the past four years that it's been going on. Like you're like, you're, you're next, like you're next, next, next. Um, but it definitely, it's kind of like a jab at me when people assume that I'm able to do this full time purely because you work at a hedge fund. And I just like, yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's, <laughs> it, it just, it underestimates what I do. But at the same time, it's like, you know what? I don't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what other people think. It only matters. Like we know what we're able to, to, you know, bring home for our family. And I'm just as proud of you as you are of me. You know, you have to go to an office every day and deal with people. Like I can hide in my closet. (laughs) I record podcast episodes in my closet, in my bedroom. I don't have to go out and see people. That's, you have a harder, harder role in that sense. But then you get to shut off like Saturdays and Sundays. And I did work yesterday for four hours on a Saturday and it's a Sunday and I did content before and now I'm doing this and it's just, this is my time with Ezra. But at the same time, this isn't going to be for forever. So if this is not going to be forever, where do you see your business and your brand and Rachel Mansfield being in the next one to five years? I honestly have no idea. I mean, next year is going to be different in the sense where my cookbook's coming out and that's the first non-digital project. So February 25th is like the kickoff. I guess even before that, technically, because I'll be like doing pre-launch things. But February 25th, like Just the Good Stuff comes out. And then we have like a big event in New York. And from there, I go to LA and then Miami, Austin, Nashville, Chicago. And then we're going to try and pack on a few more cities um, after that, after I turn 30. Um, But I... I don't know what the future holds. I truly don't. I hope that it there are more babies in the future. I hope that we ha- can find a bigger home to have those babies in the future. <laughs> Who the hell knows where we're going to live? I love Hoboken, but it's not cheap to live in this area. Uh, my mom and dad are still trying to get us to move to Florida, so we'll see. Not but yet. I know, not yet. I'd be really bored. Um, I Yeah, I think each year I've never really got into the following year with a business plan, which is very unlike me because I'm pretty planned for the most part and like scheduled and regimented, but get out of here. (laughs) I liked for this to really just go with the flow. Like I didn't plan to start a podcast in 2019. No, she literally just said one morning, I'm going to do a podcast. And I'm like, really? That's what you need to add to your list. And then, and then Amazon two days later, we got mics, booms, this recorder thing here. What is a boom? And the boom holds the mic. This thing. You ordered them. What'd you search? A microphone stand. Oh, okay. I guess it's stand. Too. Yeah. Well. But in the biz. But I said the same thing to myself about podcasting that I said from the beginning of blogging and Instagram. I'll put myself out there. If it fails, who knows? This podcast might not be around next year. I really hope that it is though, because even if you don't if you think I'm annoying or you don't like this episode, like give, give me a chance because I'm going to, I'm going to get better. I promise. But same. <laughs> I, I love doing this. It's different. I, mean, I can't get much worse. So I oh my God, stop. That's horrible. <laughs> Don't say that about yourself. I, you know, 
it's nice to have something that's like not food related. And I love that I'm able to share that and connect with people on another level. I think that's awesome. Um, so hopefully my podcast will grow. I'd love to do a product of sorts at some point. Ooh. Not on my own because that's I that I would definitely need to hire some employees with our team or something. But we'll see. I don't know. I hope that I mean no one believes me when I say that I'm gonna retire around 35 to to just be with our family. But I do hope that at that point, even if I'm not fully retired and I'm like doing still some work that I'm able to be fully present with our kids and not able and like not working as much as I am now, because even my mom is like, like Rachel, it's it's time to cut back a little bit. And I think obviously the more kids that we have, the more attention of mine they deserve. So we'll see. Even though Ezra's been calling you Dada all week. (laughs) (laughs) I'm now going by Dada. Hopefully when this podcast comes out, maybe he'll graduate to mama, but I did learn that. We're working on it. When someone told me dad, dad, dad is yes, yes, yes in Russian. So I'm going with it. And you know what? I could be dad and you could be mama. You know, he we does, can do things he unconventionally. Know what he's saying. He's just, he's I know. Just it's okay. As long as he's laughing and, and hugging me, that's all that matters. Do you have any questions for me, Rachel? I don't have a question, but I'm very proud of you for doing this. I know you're very nervous. Not that I'm nervous. It's just my personality doesn't fit the uh, behind the uh, microphone type. I know, but what something that, you know, people don't know much about you besides like when I show you on Instagram and complain yeah, that's, that's you're appeal. not home yet. <laughs> oh, that's your appeal. That's yeah. what you're going for. But there's so much that you have to offer that I just like want you to become more involved in a lot of what I do. For example, you're a better cook than I am. I, I'm a better baker. I'm going to take yeah, that trophy till the day I die. hours food prepping. Today. Yeah, like exactly. Like the thing is you have so like you're naturally so creative in the kitchen that I like want everyone to know that like you're a very good cook you help me with Ezra's food especially when you can and I'm grateful for that so I'm proud of you for doing this I have a lot of questions for you but if you're comfortable coming back on the podcast I think we should do more of like a couples Q&A we'll see we'll see if that's of interest to people if people are interested in that please let us know and if you did enjoy this episode if you want to like review or rate rate subscribe please don't give like negative stars like i said um, we're still learning over here um but i think i think that's it well sorry this is your show would you like to conclude? yeah we gotta we gotta do your five final questions oh crap i for, thank you i actually forgot hit me my fireball questions oh fireball questions here we go number one one wellness trend that you buy into uh one wellness trend i buy into probably her perfect part is a wellness trend. i'm just kidding <laughs> um I'm not really in on the wellness trends for the most, and I feel like most of my like readers and friends know that, but I do actually collagen. I use collagen peptides and I think most, most may view that as like a trend of sorts, but it's done wonders for me. So yeah, that's been a, been a pretty strong trend the last couple of years. That's actually also been one of my long-term brand partners, vital proteins. I love them. VP. Yeah. Okay. Number two, uh, a wellness trend pet peeve. Labels, like people who follow labels for no apparent reason. I just think that sometimes people are bored and they're like, I'm going to intermittent fast. And there are some people for health reasons that intermittent fast and do various diets and follow labels. And I a thousand a million percent support you. But I'm talking about the people that are just like bored and want to do something. And then just the overhype of like celery juice for some reason that just really, really annoys me. But what about just crushing celery sticks? 
That's you, man. I don't, you put celery in the grocery cart yesterday. Still, that's going to sit there and get, get moldy. I don't. It's already half eaten. Oh, okay. I'm going to hold you to that. Maybe you'll make me some juice and convert me to the celery juice friend. Maybe. He doesn't respond. <laughs> that's my celery. Okay. Number three, your fast food order. My fast food order. Okay. So the last time I had fast food was when I studied abroad in Florence and had McDonald's, but that wouldn't, that wasn't my go-to order. Um, in case anyone was wondering, I grew up in a Burger King home. My brother ruled the house in terms of what fast food we were eating. My mom cooked a lot, but we definitely had fast food like a few times a month because my brother played a lot of sports and I would just go with my mom because I didn't play any sports. Um, and I would get a double cheeseburger with fries and either a chocolate milkshake or if I wanted to be healthy, I'd get a Diet Coke. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's being healthy. Yes, Diet Coke, mm. RIP. I haven't had one of those in so long. Zero calories. Duh. Of course it's healthy. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Number four. What would you do if this wasn't your career path? I think I would want to be a re- reproductive endocrinologist and help families conceive. I know what you're going to say. I don't like to read. I would fail <laughs> out of school. I know that. That's not true. You wouldn't fail out of school, but, but you, would do, you would have to I would get out. audiobooks. <laughs> I, I I have such a passion for, and I I want to help. I, want, I wish I, I wish there was more I could do for families that were having trouble getting pregnant. And I just we our situation yet while it was tough, it wasn't the worst of what could happen. And we're very lucky for for how that worked out. And I just want I want to help more people. Gotta well, send, I want to help someone. You just got to okay. send them to uh, Doctor Foreman. Doctor Foreman, I know I love you. And the last one, it's your last day on Earth. What would you eat? I love this question. I would have my mom make me banana chocolate chip pancakes, like the whole wheat ones that she used to make me when I was in college. And I would come home and she would like try and like fatten me up and tell me how to put weight on. So she would make me this <laughs> pancake that was like the size of our kitchen table. And I'd eat two of them. They were so good. Um, for a snack, I'd have a perfect bar. Probably the peanut, the no, the pumpkin one or chocolate peanut butter. I don't know. Either one. Maybe I'd have both my last day. For lunch, we would go out somewhere and I would get sourdough bread, like a big piece of sourdough bread toasted with like an avocado tahini mash with some smoked salmon and arugula on top and a little feta with a fried egg and like the fried egg and the feta, the fried egg would melt the feta so the cheese would be a little oozy. And then I would probably have like a honey crisp apple with it too. Because of I love honey, organic honey crisp. And then for dessert after lunch, I'd have a Hugh Kitchen cashew butter and vanilla bean dark chocolate or the cashew hunks. Those are my two favorites. The whole bag, the whole bar. <laughs> I would definitely be able to eat the whole bar. I think if I ate the whole bag, I would probably like vomit. But yeah, that, those are my favorite. Then for a snack, I'd have a banana with peanut butter. Duh. Then, see, I live every day like it's my last day on earth besides the pancakes <laughs> oh, yes. that my mom makes me because I probably couldn't pay her to make me pancakes. Um, for dinner. It's all in there for Ezra. I know. I'll be like, mom, Ezra wants pancakes. Can you make me some? For dinner, I would have a big, big bed of arugula. Don't roll your eyes, everybody. With a grass-fed burger, grass-fed, grass-finished, as you like to say, burger, grilled medium with pickled onions, avocado, some goat cheese with, ooh, some Simple Mills crackers too, and some sweet potato fries, like the Japanese sweet potato fries. And then for dessert, I would have milk and cookies. 
And what kind of cookies? It depends. I would either get like Levain cookies, or oh. if my mom wanted to like again make me something, which if you're listening, uh, I'm I'm all open to eating. Uh, mandel bread, which, oh my God, her mandel bread recipe is actually in my book. So everyone can make it soon. So I'd have the mandel bread. Sounds like a pretty good last day. It is. I do. It is. I do eat pretty similarly to that on a daily basis. Yeah, you have to eat every three hours on the dot, we know. Look who's talking. Look who is talking. Yeah, I, ta- I taught you that. No, I taught you that. And oh, we're, oh. No, we're just two peas in a pod. True. Um, I know. You're the pit to my avocado. Wow. The creamy peanut butter to my perfect bar cup. Oh, I forgot about the perfect bar cups. That that would fit in somewhere Maybe within my diet. Maybe snack on those. I know. All right. Well, people, I don't even think anyone's going to be listening at this point anymore. If you are, thank you. Um, okay. Thank everyone for coming. Thank you so much for listening. Uh-huh. Where can people find you? Come on. Oh, people can find <laughs> me on Instagram at Jordan Carpenter. But I'm private, so... Good luck with that yeah, one. Good luck. <laughs> if you want him, you know where to find me. Thank you guys so oh, much yeah, where for do listening. Where find you? When's your book coming out? Stop. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. And we will talk to you really soon. And again, let us know if you want George to come back on. Talk to you soon. Bye.